Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. And the excitement is starting to build. At 3 o'clock tomorrow morning, our time, Western Standard Time, the Socceroos will make their debut in the 2022 Qatar World Cup. And they take on the might of France. And everybody really doesn't know what to expect. Some are saying that we may be able to challenge France and even maybe get something out of it. Others are saying, keeping our fingers crossed, it's not a blowout. And the French uh, turn it on and give the Socceroos a bit of a uh, debut lesson in this World Cup with matches against Tunisia and Denmark to come. Well, a man that was one of the most experienced goalkeepers in the history of the National Soccer League, uh, which, as we know, preceded the A-League, he played over 300 games for the Brisbane Strikers, Sydney Olympic, you know, Parramatta Power. He won two A-League championships with Sydney FC, but he also represented Australia as well and spent a bit of time in his youth career at Aston Villa. We're talking about Clint Bolton, still involved in football, still involved in the media. And what we try and do here on this program uh, during the World Cup is get uh, varying opinions from individuals. And we've decided to track down Clint and he's made himself available. Clint, thanks for your time. Pleasure, Peter. Which way do you see it going? I suppose we're in the unknown. We're in the twilight zone. What sort of socceroos are we likely to see tomorrow morning our time? You would not believe the coincidence there by referencing the twilight zone. I just watched an episode (laughs) of Cursed Films which was highlighting the twilight zone and the tragedy on set of that movie. There you go. Isn't that bizarre? Oh, that is ridiculous timing. Um, Socceroos, well, I think you you introed it perfectly. This could be anything, first and foremost. Um, But I am genuinely, and I don't easily say these things about much. I'm a a bit of a cynic, and but I can see a realist, consider a realist. But I am genuinely optimistic about the Socceroos' chances, not only against France. Um, shortly, um, but our chances to get out of the group. So I'm in a good place with the Socceroos at this World Cup. And and I say that mainly because of circumstance and psychology. I think we can all agree that talent-wise, they're, you know, they're well down the pecking order as far as the teams at this World Cup go. So so what they, they get, what they lack in talent and ability, they're going to have to make up for in other areas. And I think what's really set them up perfectly for this particular tournament is the fact that they've gone through a World Cup qualifying campaign and based themselves where they actually are at now, at the Aspire Academy in Doha, in Qatar. So they have good good experience at this particular country, in this particular country, um, playing there. Uh, they based their home games there during this recent World Cup qualifying campaign. So I think this sets them up well. They're quite settled. A couple of injuries aside... I think they're, they're set up pretty well. And and when Arnie talks about belief, you know, belief's the word that's thrown around. And in most circumstances, you know, it's it's a privileged term that doesn't mean a lot. But in this in this case, I actually buy in to what Arnie's saying, and, and it's backed up by the players and their and their words and actions and attitudes. So I'm. Very much in the in the uh, camp of optimistic about their chances. Now you know Graham Arnold fairly well. In fact, you probably mm-hmm. know him really well. 
you think this will make or break him as a manager? If Australia really struggle, uh, it may be uh, a goodbye situation for Arnie. If all of a sudden they perform well on the world stage, then there's no chance, there's some chance, I should say, that Graham Arnold may even follow in the footsteps of Ange Postacoglu and maybe coach in Europe and beyond. That is a situation I hadn't even thought of, to be fair, Peter. But Do you think that it is a possibility? Yeah. And do you oh, think absolutely. Arnie, you know Arnie, do you think Arnie would be keen on a challenge like that? Yes. Yes, I think any coach, and I've had many ex-teammates that have gone to be coaches in in the A-League now, currently, and also overseas, and it's just like being a player. You want you want to get to the absolute peak of, of your, you know, your profession. So any coach, whether it be Arnie or Ange or any other coach going around the A-League, will want to coach at the highest point possible and World Cup aside you know when you look at club football Europe's where it's at so I don't think Arnie'd be any different um, but it was a good question I hadn't even thought about Arnie continuing on beyond beyond this World Cup I just felt like a natural this would be the natural conclusion to his tenure and then someone else would take up the reins but maybe he does continue on if they mm. They perform well. I don't really know. Well, he's still young enough. There's no question about that. And he's done an enormous job in getting against expectations Mm. the Socceroos to Qatar. The big concern that I have, uh, Clint Bolton, is, and of course you're a goalkeeper trying to stop goals, is the ability of our forward pack to maybe score enough goals to win matches. Is that a concern when, of course, you're bringing in what is an X factor in an 18-year-old who hasn't played uh, a fully professional game yet from a start in Garang Qual from uh, the Central Coast Mariners. Is that throwing darts at the board? Do you think that Arnie knows something about this kid that may deliver on the big stage? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a gamble by any means. I think he's form off the bench. When you think about the World Cup, there's only 11 out of your 26 that start, but you always need players coming off the bench that can make an impact, can be game changers. So Garang Qual is just a natural fit for me because that's what he's been doing. The Central Coast, so it makes perfect sense that it would take someone like him to not start matches, but bring him off the bench and have an impact. So that's that's there. Um, but your point about strikers is is very it's valid. You know, it's it's a case of not only putting teams under pressure, um, finding ways to create chances, but who's going to score them? We don't have a, a great track record of of a player that bangs in goals can you know consistently for the Socceroos, and we don't have one in this squad in recent history that's done that as well. So it's not unlike a lot of teams at the World Cup now. You know, just came off watching Senegal and Holland, uh, for example, overnight, and, and both those teams struggled. You know, Senegal without Sadio Mane and, and the Dutch without a, a really recognised striker. So it's not, it's, not a, it's not a problem that Australia will face alone at this World Cup. So you've got to compensate for that by... You know, just finding those players that can make a difference and not necessarily score a bagful, but score pop up and score goals. And we've got enough players that can do that. You're, um, an outsta- you're an outstanding goalkeeper in your time. Let's talk to about uh, Matty Ryan, the skipper, and how important mm. uh, he's going to be in the lineup. And were you surprised that Mitch Langerant wasn't included in the squad? Massive surprise. I think I'm like everyone else. I was just pretty much shocked by the decision, and and in reflection, was just trying to find a reason why it happens and the only reason I can I can think of is that that Arnie has has gone chips in on Matt Ryan and has has done pretty much since he took over the Socceroos to be fair and 
he doesn't want Matt Ryan to feel threatened whatsoever. Um, because you think about which player or players, uh, Australian players, have played consistently for their club over the last few years. There's none doing better than Mitch Langerak. So on one hand, I'm like, it's only his decision he's backed it in. If it's a case of just Matt Ryan feeling as comfortable as possible, then maybe I can see a point. But I'm just gutted for Mitch because Mitch is a gun keeper and he's proven in his time at in Japan that he can do it on the biggest stage. So he's a big miss for the Socceroos. But to be fair, we move on. I think it adds pressure to Matt Ryan, um, ironically, because we're talking about it. We're always talking about it. So it's always in the media. Any misstep by Matty from here on out, this World Cup, the question will come up again. Same question. So it can have a, the opposite effect in a lot of ways. So I hope it turns out all right for Matty, who's been really good for the Socceroos in the last few years, no doubt about it. So we'll wait and see, but it feels like a massive gamble from Arnie and one that could, could backfire. A couple of general questions before we let you go. I saw a documentary actually last night leading into the, I think it was the England-Iran game, uh, about the evolution of Qatar as a nation and how it's come on in the last 20 to 25 years and how it's opened itself up, particularly to Westerners. Now, you played with the Australian under-20 squad in the 1995 FIFA World Youth Championship in Qatar. What sort of country was it like then, almost 30 years ago? Well, hard really hard to to reflect on that time. It was such a long time ago. But you're right, 95, the World Cup, the under-20 World Cup was only second to, to the World Cup as far as massive global tournaments go. Even back in that day, that, uh, the under-20 World Cup was even bigger than the Olympics as far as viewing audiences go. So it was a massive tournament to be hosted in, in this really small nation. All I can remember is flying into... Qatar, and it's a tiny place. It was pretty much only Doha at that time. Only seeing the, uh, the only grass I could ever could see was the pitches that were just dotted around the place. The rest was it was desert. It was still a place under construction. Um, but we were not, as a twenty-year-old, as you can imagine, we weren't really aware of of the circumstances of the people living in Qatar at that time. Um, we weren't exposed to what goes on and the issues around human rights, around women, around LGBT plus people. Um, so we weren't aware of any of that. Very naive, under 20, you know, 20 year olds going to this place. It was a, it was an eerie sort of World Cup because all we'd ever known as a young aspiring football to go to World Cup was just the biggest event you could go to and massive stadiums, massive crowds. Um, we saw in 93 what happened in Australia, under-20 World Cup. That was that was brilliant stuff. So we come off that and went to Qatar where the stadiums were just eerily quiet. Mm. There, was, there was just no one there. Some some games we played were in front of a couple of hundred people. And this was the, the second biggest tournament up until that point in the world. So it was a really strange experience. Not a lot of memories. I remember we got to the quarterfinals and lost in extra time. I think it was to Portugal who went on to win the thing. Uh, this was a team with Paducah, John Aloisi, um, Craig Moore. No, Craig didn't play in this one, actually, but uh, had some big names, Josip Skoko uh, and such. So it was a good squad, and we felt like we could have gone a lot further, but wasn't meant to be. Um, 
But yeah, that was the first taste of Qatar bringing a massive sporting event to to their neck of the woods. So they were thinking about it even back then, you know, mm. 15 years prior to 2010 when they won the rights to this one. So so they're, they're a, a nation that is, is uh, forward-thinking. Um, we just hope and wish that they were a bit more forward-thinking about uh, their, their human rights aspects and that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah interesting. interesting. No, interesting. Actually, you look back to that period when you were part of the, the Australian uh, under-20 squad for that World Cup in Qatar back in uh, 1995. As I let you go, can I maybe get a prediction from you on the France Socceroos match tomorrow morning. I think in the end you're throwing a dart at a dartboard. But what do you hope to see? You'd love to see Australia win. But saying that, that's going to be probably the longest odds. Uh, do you think we can get something out of this contest? Yes, I do. I only reflect back four years ago, Pete, when, when we uh, went close against France in the opening match of that tournament in Russia. So France are unsettled, um, slow starters, They've proven that in the past. You know, 2002, they lost to Senegal. They were Senegal were yeah, long outside, as much like Australia. Australia probably, you know, slightly better favourites than Senegal back in 2002. Mm. So it's there. The chance is there. I'm not going to be dumb and dumber and say one in a million, um, but uh, there's a there is a chance. A legitimate chance we'll get a result. A draw is perfect. Um, anything. Beyond that is beyond our wildest imagination, but a draw would be fantastic. But ultimately, a, a really great performance that we can get behind and, and look forward to the next two games in the group would be really special. Good on you, Clint. Love talking to you, mate. Thanks for joining us on the program this evening. Uh, get to bed early. Get up nice and early tomorrow, and it should be uh, certainly a spectacle, the soccer is against France. Thanks for your time. Can't wait, Peter. Cheers. Former Socceroos goalkeeper Clint Bolton, certainly a deep thinker in the game, joining us here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Don't go away. Don't forget that temper of bedshed text machine. 0487 736 736. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit typepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.